Hello and welcome to Called Bank Sports. This week we're going to be discussing something that some people really want to happen and other people don't want to happen, and I'm still not sure where I fall. Um, we're going to be talking about Mike Conley and if the Jazz are able to trade him, where they should trade him, and who they should ask for. So, I mean, the biggest thing with trading Mike Conley is the Jazz have very little leverage on trading him. Um, it would have to be a sign-in trade. So he would basically have to agree that the best way for him to get somewhere or a good way for him to get somewhere is to sign with the Jazz and have him trade them. Uh, sorry, and have them trade him. So I set, I have some four to five trade options here that I think are serious options that I would consider if I were the Jazz. But the caveat that I put in place, and you can debate whether or not this is a good caveat in the comments, is he needs to go to a team that is a contender. Um, Mike Conley isn't looking to go be Chris Paul. He's not looking to go to a team that either, you know, just fell out of the playoffs and try to break, take them to a championship the next year. Mike Conley is going to want to chip this year, and he's going to look for the best way to get that. So instantly... Um, I apologize if we have any Sacramento Kings fans, um, Houston Rockets <laughs> fans, OKC fans, um, Spurs fans, um, and the list goes on. But those teams just were completely out of the picture to begin with. Um, then I had contenders that there was just no way with the guard line they have or with their current team comp, um, comp that anything's going to happen. You have Golden State, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee were the three teams that I threw in there that he's not going there because – there's not we're not going to get Clay Thompson for Mike Conley. As happy as I would be with that trade, that's not going to happen. Um, Phoenix Suns, they don't have the cap space if CP3 stays. But if Chris Paul disappears, they could honestly rinse and repeat, sign Mike Conley, and try to run it back <laughs> with Mike Conley there. Um, but we'll get to some of the feasible trades here in a second. So the teams that I settled on, actually kind of being in the market were the Los Angeles Clippers, Los Angeles Lakers, Boston Celtics, Philadelphia 76ers, and the Dallas Mavericks. Um, so the Dallas Mavericks don't need to trade for Mike Conley because they have plenty of cap space and they could sign Mike Conley for 30 million and move on. Um, we could, however, you know, do a sign and trade, and you as a Mavs fan can let me know what you think about this. For Chris Dapps Porzingis, um, who has two years plus a player option for around $100 million left on his deal. So, so Dale, um, how do you feel <laughs> about the Jazz doing a sign and trade Mike Conley for Chris Dapps Porzingis? Um, well, I love Conley. I, I think he would do great things next to Luka. Obviously, he's not the, the key for the future for the Mavericks. Um. I probably wouldn't, I don't know, I I wouldn't have a strong opinion. Maybe I would if the trade actually happens. Yeah. I don't think that's likely. Like one you mentioned, the Mavs have cap room, so it wouldn't make sense for Conley to say, hey, I'll do a sign and trade with a team that doesn't have cap room unless the Mavs go and pull on another big name free agent that would take their cap. And in that case, they wouldn't have the cap room. So it's unlikely that that, that that happens. And I wouldn't really see that happening unless the Mavs land someone like Kawhi. And the, they're just going all in now. Because I don't think Porzingis is a win now piece. He might not be a win in the future piece either. So yeah. that's kind of how I would break it down. I think it's super unlikely. But um, depending on the situation, I might be okay with it. I might be uh, like slightly against it. 
See, and I'm debating personally if I'd rather just lose calmly and get nothing than get <laughs> KP. Like the, he, he's on a big contract. He could do good things, but I don't like. You saw him in the playoffs. He is he's just going to turn into a corner three guy on that big contract. Yeah, and really, where I kind of fall on that is if he was coming from his first team. I think I would be able to convince myself of that a lot more like change in scenery, but I don't think it's going to be third times the charm. A lot of the time, if you have a star player like that, who things aren't just meshing, like they weren't in New York and then you trade them to another place. I just don't think that that's going to end well overall where you can make arguments that like Lonzo ball didn't get a good opportunity in Los Angeles. So him going to new, the new Orleans Pelicans or better example of Brandon Ingram going to the New Orleans Pelicans, gave them a fresh start. But he's already had a fresh start. So that was one of those things where I could see that trade possibly happening just because even though they have the cap to sign Conley, if Dallas could get out from KP's contract, I think they would jump at the opportunity to do that by trading, by doing this sign and trade for Mike Conley. I just said, I, I'm not sure as a Jazz as a jazz fan, if I would just prefer to lose calmly and get nothing in return for that. But, um, but yeah, those are, those are my takes and sticking in the Western conference. So the LA Clippers, there were kind of a few options and I was looking, there were three players um, plus two players that you could use to make a deal that would get you up to around 21, 22 million um, about there, which I think is a, is a fair price for Conley. I kind of have things ranging from 20 to 30 million. Um, so the jazz might have to throw mm-hmm. in some pieces to make it work or the other team might have to throw in another piece to make it work. But for the Clippers, you have your choice of Marcus Morris, Patrick Beverly, Luke Kennard, um, or in addition to Rondo or Zubak. Cool. What, what, what were the first three again? Marcus Morris, um, three years left on his deal. Beverly, I think he has one or two years left. I can't remember. And Luke Kennard with four years. Um, and then you add either Rondo or Zubak to make the trade work. I don't think the Jazz would get Zubak, but Rondo I think that would, would probably... be awesome if the Jazz yeah. could bring him in. Um, I So Kennard, he's on a big contract, which is a little scary there, but obviously it makes the money work. And yeah. he's a great shooter. It's uh, four years, 12 million a year. So it comes so, out to about fifty million okay, over that, the next four years, and I think he could fit right into the jazz system. Um, so out of the first three, I would like him. Obviously, Morris wouldn't be a bad fit either. He could, he could be an awesome fit actually. Yeah, he's just play. older. So if you yeah. Luke Kennard would be my preferred, but I don't think the Clippers are going to get rid of him because of that. Morris could bring a lot to the Jazz that the Jazz are missing. So I'd love that. Um. And then out of those those last two of Rondo and Zubats, I would prefer Zubats. Like you said, I don't think they're going yeah. to give him up. And I'm I would be a little worried. I don't know if if Rondo buys into the Jazz system. Obviously, he has a lot more he can give. He's not what he was his first few seasons, but there's a lot there. Um, but we've seen Rondo in the past where he just wasn't happy. Dallas is the most obvious one. Uh, but he's been in places where he just didn't buy in and you didn't get that from Rondo. So I feel like the Jazz aren't a place for Rondo, but that would be my initial worry with him. Not that he's 
a bad player that he just wouldn't like it here. Yeah. I mean, one thing you could do is you could pick up Rondo as the additional B piece and then wave him, um, especially where he only has that one year left on his deal. And that could, you'd still have to pay him, but you wouldn't have to pay for the luxury tax on him. I'm pretty sure. So that would be a f- nice financial decision. What this trade really doesn't do is it doesn't help the jazz um, get a, another starting point guard. They're still going to have to look around and try to find a, a new starting point guard somewhere. And if you're able to pick up Zubak in this deal, then you could either look to get hit to trade him again, or you could look to trade Derek favors since you wouldn't want those three starter starting um set or those three centers on your roster. So that way mm-hmm. you'd be able to flip a center for a point guard. Yeah. I, if, if the jazz could get something like that out of Mike Conley, if Mike Conley decides he doesn't want to stay in Utah, I think, I think that'd be a good deal for the jazz. Because, like, you do have to consider a sign-and-trade. The Jazz, if they sign-and-trade Conley, they're not going to get equal value back. And this is how it's going to be. Oh, um, don't don't worry. There's one trade down the line. The last <laughs> trade, you could argue, is equal value. And the next, the next three trades before the last trade, I'm honestly really a fan of. Um, the next one is with the Lakers, where you get either... You get two of these three players. Um, one of them's on a player option. So you get KCP. He has two years left. So Contavious Caldwell-Pope. You can pick up Kyle Kuzma, who has two years plus a player option. And, or um, Harrell, who would have to pick up a player option to be able to be in the trade. Cool. I I honestly, like, I, I kind of prefer the Clippers one a little bit more. Okay. But I, I wouldn't be against getting any of those three players. I would... And and I'm not a Kuzma fan. I've I've I thought he was going to be something that I kind of jumped off that wagon. But like he his first year, he was almost averaging 20 points a game. So there's something there with Kuzma. I, I think he'd be an interesting piece. I'm not sure exactly how he would fit in with the Jazz. Um, I did you see definitely another... get more length. Like yeah. if you're complaining about the length, if you pick up KCP and Kuzma, you're not going to be complaining about length on the Jazz that much anymore. And and the cool thing, like I saw a, I forget I forget which channel it was, but I saw a a two K sim of someone's where Kuzma, <laughs> he he was talking about like in real life he said that he thinks he could be a twenty five point per game scorer, which yeah. is why he's in a lot of trade talks now. He's kind of pushing his way out of L A, and so then he's like, and in this two K sim. He he went through all the teams and he's like, you know what? The best chance for him is the Jazz because there's a lot of defense there. And then obviously to make it happen, they had to trade Mitchell to to make sure Kuzma got enough touches. So that's not uh, going to happen in yeah, real life. Yeah, that's but, that's but not I my jam. He has something there. He's not like the greatest shooter in the world. He's actually a really inconsistent shooter. But get from the right role on the right team, and he can be a, he can be a great third option. I think. Yeah. No, he can definitely be a great third option. And I mean, like, again, it, it fixes the Jazz length's problems. I don't know, you know, if you're going to kind of push Royce out of the starting lineup at, and make room for one of those guys there. And then again, you're still stuck. If you make that move, you're probably moving Bojan to shooting guard. So you're going to have a lot more length and transition Donovan Mitchell to point guard. So... That's honestly kind of where this is going is some of these trades involve the jazz just saying, okay, Donovan Mitchell is our point guard of the future. 
keep Joe Ingles off the bench for a bit and we lose a lot of we lose depth at that position. But that might be what happens if if Conley gets traded. Unless it's one of these, um, unless it's a trade where you get a point guard, Donovan's probably going to be taking over mo- the majority of the touches, which is kind of going to stink. Like he definitely struggles with that. And being six one, he doesn't always see the court as well as he could. But I guess tell that to Chris Paul. So yeah, it, and he he can get assists fine. I like having the ball in his hand. He just kind of has a turnover problem. Yeah. So if, if he can. I think it's more of a decision-making thing than anything else. I think he has everything. Like, he could be an excellent point guard. And at Uh, some point, that's going to happen, right? I think everyone kind of acknowledges, especially if Conley stays a few more years, that Donovan's going to be taking over the point guard slot. You know, he's going to become kind of like your Steph Curry, your Damian Lillard, a player that is a shooting guard who handles the ball and is able to pass, but is by no means a pure point guard. So um, those two teams definitely put Conley in a chance to win now, both of the L.A. teams. And transitioning to the Eastern Conference um, for the Boston Celtics, we're not going to get Tatum. We're not going to – the Jazz aren't going to get Brown. Um, The Jazz do not want Horford. (laughs) They do not want Al. Um, That deal would work well, and I'm sure the the, um, Celtics would love it, but the Jazz aren't going to do that. So here's the only trade that I could see happening. You get Marcus Smart with one year left on his deal to come in and play point guard. He's point guard. So he's able to come in, you know, loses some of the offensive capability that Conley had, but he gets to play point guard. Um, and then you bring in Tristan Thompson, who you probably end up flipping or trying um, or letting go. Like Thompson is there to make money work, but I think Marcus Smart is who you would really be going for on that deal. The- this, I think, so of the trades that we've talked about so far, for the Jazz, I think this is my least favorite. Okay. But I think it's my it's the most realistic trade so far. I, I, I think the Lakers and Clippers would love Conley, but there's also there's quite a few pretty good, like, like good enough to be starting on a championship team point guards out there in the open market that they wouldn't really have to give anything up for. Obviously, Conley's probably better than most of them, but um, like See, that's something that's something they have to consider. I think, and I think Boston is the kind of team where obviously they just traded Kemba. They really don't have a starting point guard, and I think Conley is brings a lot of what like he brings a lot of what Kemba didn't, and I think he's a, he's a better floor general. He's he's better at running an offense. He's I would say he's a better defender, but I I haven't watched enough Kemba to like recently to really say that. But so I think he would fit in great with Boston. I think Boston would love this trade. And I I'm not in love with it for the Jazz, but it's definitely not a bad return. Like Marcus Smart, he he can hit threes, not amazing. He he's a really smart player and he's an excellent defender. So yeah, he, def- he definitely adds value to the Jazz. He kind of brings that Jay Crowder vibe that I feel like some people were talking about the Jazz missing last year, not really having an enforcer. Um, now, double check when I double check this trade, they are only at ninety eight million currently on the roster for next year. I don't think they're going to try to re-sign Evan Fournier. Um, Luke Cornett was only at two and a half million, so if they bring him back, that's not going to be for much. And again, the other player that they try to bring back 
was under two million. So would this really end up being a sign and trade? Um, they're probably just going to pick up a point guard on the open market. If they, however, wanted to look to try to pick someone up, then make a trade for Conley. In this scenario, the Jazz will be giving them picks for the favor. The Jazz are probably going to part ways with a few first round picks. And I don't know how I feel about that overall too, to just get a couple of players with one year left on their deal. Yeah, that that, that would kind of make the trade a lot worse. That being said, in recent years, Jazz picks haven't really been great. But chances, yeah. like, chances are, as soon as you start trading away picks, the picks that you trade away become good. And this <laughs> the, the one thing you trade away is going to be the one where Mitchell and Gobert injured the entire year. We get the second overall pick. And, and I wish we could trade lose. this pick is what I wish the Jazz could do. And I think mm-hmm. there's some issues currently. I think there's I need to look into this. I think there's a reason why the Jazz are limited in actually trading picks right now due to some obscure trading rule. But we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. Right. I Right now, the Jazz would have to, if they were to trade the pick, it would be after the draft. So they could make like a under the table deal, say, hey, which player do you want? And we'll give them to you for this afterwards. Which at 30, I mean, I'm totally fine with. Even if you end up trading the first round pick for two second round picks, like the 30th pick is just going to be another guaranteed contract that probably doesn't work out. So, okay. So I have two trade for this, two trades that the Jazz can make with the 76ers. Before that, I do want to go um, through just a couple other options and one trade that a lot of people are for, but I just don't see happening. Um, that would be a double sign-in sign in trade for Lonzo Ball, which just the logistics of a double sign-in trade are crazy to me, and you're going to end up paying Lonzo a lot of money since the only reason that he'd agree to that is for him to be able to get max money from the Pelicans which is going to be more than max money from the jazz would be. And I just don't see why the Pelicans in the end would do that. Unless the jazz are throwing in a lot of sweeteners when they could just let Lonzo go and then pick up Mike. And then last of all, I don't see why Mike Conley would want to go to new Orleans. Yeah, that, that would be, that's a tough one to make work. And then another place that Conley could go and theoretically have some success would um, but I don't think he could win a championship. There would be a du- another double side in trade to Toronto for Kyle Lowry, who can't shoot threes. Or am I mixing him up with Demar Derozan? I'm not going to make he, any stat. He he's a fi- he's not a great three point shooter. He's like yeah. mediocre. So again, like that's another option for the Jazz. It's better than nothing. You get a starting point guard in return. And I would do that rather than just let Conley walk. But I'm not like sitting here begging for the Jazz to somehow pull off a double sign and trade with Toronto. Yeah, I I can't see Conley wanting to go there. Um, I'm fine with Lowry, but um, I don't know. I, I think the Raptors would be okay with it. Uh, yeah. Uh, nothing against Lowry. It's just I think Conley's a better player right now. So yeah, that, I, that one would be... Uh, the, those last the double sign and trades i'd be shocked if that even got discussed <laughs> uh, yeah no like that it's just so crazy to try to work that out like it could theoretically happen but again i just think it's too much work for teams that really don't need it um and then last but not least another team 
that's kind of on the fringe that would require some changing up on their end would be the Jazz making a trade with the Portland Trailblazers. Um, what they would want is Mike Conley for CJ McCollum. That's the trade they would want. And Damian Lillard would have to commit to play off ball and to not really be the point guard. But while again, I would prefer that trade over nothing. The trade that I would love to see that's not going to happen would be the Jazz getting Nurkic um, for either Norman Powell, who would have to pick up a player option to be part of the deal, or Derek Jones. But I feel like Nurkic would allow you to flip Derek Favors, have Nurkic as your backup center making $12 million a year for one year, and be able to have a lot more depth in the way that you can play the game. And And when Nurkic is healthy... He's a twenty-five, thirty million dollar play, a dollar a year player, at his best when he's healthy, and so like having that come off the bench could be huge. Uh, I agree. That's that's not likely. The CJ McCollum one is interesting, because um, McCollum he definitely has trade value, but it's not a ton. Yeah. Um, so thirty that's, million is a lot for him. Like when you look at how much Clay Thompson is making compared to how like. CJ, I think they're both making around 30 million a year. And that's just not a comparative like output for what you're paying. Yeah. And I don't know if I love it for the jazz, but that's probably if if the Blazers decide to move in that direction, they decide that's the best value they can get for him. I, that would be very interesting to see our offense would be ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as as ridiculous as it was this year, uh, you t- yeah. take away a little bit of playmaking, take away some defense, but add a bunch of shooting. That'd be interesting. So my last two trades, like I said, are with the 76ers. I don't know. I've kind of been rambling most of this episode. What are there any thoughts that you have on trades that I haven't mentioned or possibilities other than obviously Mike Conley just resigning that, that come to your mind or things you've thought of. Um, I, I don't have any specific trades in mind. Um, but I know that like you mentioned the Mavericks at first, the heat are another team talking like with the Mavericks, but both of those teams are going after a win now player. The difference is the heat don't have as much cap room. So, Okay. Like so I, I would I wouldn't be shocked if like that's something Conley might go towards. The tough part is I don't know who the Jazz are getting like the Jazz definitely aren't getting a great return for Conley in that case, but I wouldn't be shocked if that's a team that at least discusses a sign and trade with Conley. The Heat have like four four to five players next year. Two of them are team options, and they're already at like ninety to a hundred million on cap space. The Heat were like banking on a free agent coming out this year. They were banking on trying to court Giannis and messed up. So I'm not going to bog down the podcast with Heat talk. (laughs) But I looked at the Heat and for about 30 seconds and decided that my life was not worth trying to figure out a deal with the Heat. Too too detailed. So This is the note I have next to the Heat. Absolute mess. (laughs) (laughs) So it's it might happen in real life. I would not. Like if Conley decides to leave the Jazz, which I don't know what the talk is, I yeah I'm kind of on the fence on on what I think he'll do, but I think that would be a team 
he probably that, that would be interested in talking to him and he'd be interested in talking to I, I wouldn't put them in the top three of teams that I think he would end up with. Yeah. So I agreed. And here, but again, trading Mike Conley away is better than just letting him walk in pretty much all scenarios. But here are the two trades that I'm the most intrigued in that I've saved for last. Both are with the 76ers. And this is probably my favorite one right here. George Hill and Seth Curry. So you bring George Mm. Hill back to Utah. You know, he's, he might pick up the starting role at point guard. Joe's probably going to have to pick up his minutes. You might not be getting 30, 30, 36 minutes out of George Hill, but you get a solid veteran in George Hill and you get Seth Curry to bring some shooting off the bench, you know, and just add some more depth there. And I feel like you get a lot in return for Conley. I think I love that deal for the jazz. Um, I would love to have Seth Curry on the jazz. Yeah. I think, I think the Sixers really, really likes Seth. And I think it's going to be hard to get him away. Uh, if they're, if they're sold on Mike Conley. And in this case, I think they would have to have, have already told themselves they're getting rid of Ben Simmons. No matter what, before the season starts, you're flipping Ben Simmons and you're able to do it in such a way that you get pieces that you feel like you can replace um, George Hill who I believe is their backup point guard. So you're able to somehow get a, another pair of, you're able to get another backup point guard since Mike Conley would be the starter, obviously. And you're able to get a piece to replace Seth Curry. Like they're trying to get some great win now pieces to put around Embiid. Yeah. Cause if, if they do make a good trade with, cause they're going for an all-star and if they get another all-star in return for Ben Simmons and that's all they have to give up for Mike Conley, I think that would be a good move for them. If they're keeping yeah. Simmons, there's no way they're letting go of Curry for uh even for Conley cuz it just wouldn't fit with their lineup, but I think that that could be a realistic one that could work out for both sides. Obviously, no, I, George Hill isn't a long-term fit at point guard. He might not even be able to start the entire season, but he's he's definitely like he adds value. He's not going to put up crazy numbers, but He'll help He's not going to destroy the team. And Seth Curry is a great piece to bring off the bench. You know, a great piece to try to fit in there. And maybe it's kind of hard to mesh him and Jordan Clarkson. Just because of how they both play and their roles uh, off the bench. But, yeah, I would I would even consider starting Curry. Um, uh, I don't know. That'd, that'd be something you'd have to play around with. Like test Mitchell at the one and Curry at the two. And then you have the lineup of Hill and Clarkson come in with the secondary. No, that would be a, re- that would be a really good push there. Now, now you mentioned the other trade, the trade that I saw yesterday and that I don't know how I feel about steel. Still, you mentioned that they want an all-star for Ben Simmons. <laughs> well, Mike Conley, as many of you remember, was an all-star. You know, Ben Simmons is making about 30 million. So maybe you end up having to trade a second piece there and sign Mike at 22 million, throw in a second piece there. They're probably going to want to pick because they feel like they're giving up more than, than the jazz are. And all of a sudden you're sitting there with Ben Simmons coming in. So your starting lineup is now Ben Simmons at the one Donovan Mitchell at the two, um, Bojan at the three Royce at the four go bear at the five. You have, 
a secondary rim perfect rim protector. You now get to put Royce O'Neal on the second best offensive player instead of on the best offensive player. Um, you lose some three point shooting, but you still have Bogdanovich, um, um, Donovan and Royce out on the court. Like there are some issues with this, but what are, what are your thoughts on the jazz making this trade? Uh, honestly, I feel like we could have an entire episode going <laughs> going through everything with this trade. Because I think people a... made it to twenty eight minutes, this is going to be the comment section. I really hope <laughs> we didn't bury the lead this far. <laughs> so, like, I don't. There's a lot we can do with this. Um, I'm I'm torn on whether it would be a good thing or a bad thing. Um, if honestly though, if it comes to a sign and trade, and that's what we get with a sign and trade. The Jazz say yes 100 out of 100 times. If you're getting Ben Simmons out of a sign-and-trade with Conley, they might not do it straight up normally. But So obviously, if that comes to it, great. I don't think the Sixers would go for that unless they find out they just that's the best player they could possibly get for Simmons. I really far, think I, it could be the best player. I, I really think that could end up being the case. And, like and I it's, don't it's think pos- people I, want Simmons. I don't think it's ridiculous that that ends up being the case. Yeah. Um, and and as far as Simmons on the Jazz, obviously the main thing is we now only have in our starting lineup we have three three point shooters, and and one and of them is, is not Simmons really actually shooter. going to work on his shooting, or um, is it just him literally saying the same thing over and over again, or is this the year he's actually going to spend an off season in the gym at the three point line just putting up looks? And if that's the case, like sweet, if we can get a a twenty eight percent three point shooter out of Simmons. I'll take I mean, that. But, yeah. But the the interesting thing, though, is the Jazz, they lacked perimeter defense. So now we have a uh, top three perimeter defender in the league and the best post defender in the league on the defensive end. Plus, Royce O'Neal is good. Uh, like, he's good enough to take down. Uh, Especially like, if you put him on the, the second defend. option now instead of the first. Yeah. So, like, that um, makes his jobs, job infinitely easier. So people would hate playing the Jazz for that. That would be such a tough time because they can't drive and their best ISO scorer is going to have a tough night every night. So on the defensive end, that's huge. On offense, you you lose a three-point shooter, but now you have both Mitchell and Simmons who are both can get to the rim anytime they want when they have a lob threat with Gobert. And you can run pick and roll with both of them. And because Gobert is in a post-up big, you're not going to run into the issue that you ran, in, ran into with Embiid and Simmons where they both need to be in the paint. Yeah. And so it's like, with with that, Quinn would have the his work set out for him. He would need to figure out a system to make this work. If you can figure something out to make that work, I think there's a lot of potential there. The other thing that you'd have to consider is but jazz fans even accept Simmons after all the all the all beef the that he's had with so the, so here's the thing Mitchell jazz fans aren't the problem that's not the problem I'm worried about like does Donovan still have rookie of the year beef with Ben Simmons like <laughs> he, he goes and we steals know Ben his Simmons trophy. has we know Ben Simmons has beef with Rudy Gobert does Rudy Gobert have beef with Ben Simmons like the hatred between the Jazz and the 76ers is like a real thing these past few seasons. So could you even make this work? Um, on paper, I, I'm fascinated by the idea 
in real life, um, obviously, it's a long shot if it even gets discussed. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot to make work. Uh, Mitchell's dealt with drama in the past, and he's always been a champ about it. So I, I don't think if if that was the only thing holding it back, I don't think that would hold it back. Yeah, I mean. You can now tell everyone in the comments can come at me for being a hypocrite. All of the hate I've given Ben Simmons. And now all of a sudden we're talking about him being in a jazz uniform and all (laughs) of a sudden he might just be okay. But I do. Here's the thing. Nobody in Quinn Snyder's system is above the coach, right? Nobody is. Um, Ben Simmons has been above the coach his whole time in the NBA. Like that's the fact of the matter. If all of his coaches are telling him to shoot threes and he's not shooting them. So I don't know how much jazz DNA, as much as some people hate that phrase he has, but I would not hate this trade. Um, you are stuck now with like four years, 120 million Ben Simmons, you know, like five years, 150 million, I think for Donovan. And five years, two hundred five million for Gobert. So, it's a lot of there's money. like there's a lot of the cap right there to those three guys. So you are banking on Ben Simmons, you know, like at least getting some trade value back. Since right now he has really low value, which is why this trade could be possible. Yeah, I I doubt it would happen. If it happened, I will have we'll have. Three four weeks in a row breaking down everything <laughs> that could possibly happen with this. Um, that would be I, I jazz fascinating to to see what Quinn Snyder would put together with a lineup like that. And I would love to try to figure out how to run an offense like that in today's NBA. But so, please let us know. Do you want Ben Simmons in a Jazz jersey? <laughs> do you think it's possible? Do you think it'll work? Um, tell us in the comments. If we missed any trades, let us know in the comments and. If any of my trade ideas were just complete garbage, um, I don't know if I'll read those comments, but you can let us know in the comments. (laughs) So thank you for staying with us for the whole time and go Jazz.